smells Jesus-y. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. We are the aroma of Christ. God has spoken Welcome to Smells Jesus-y, a podcast from Three Crosses Church. Today we're continuing our series, Hardcore Jesus. In this episode, Matt Waldron is speaking to us from Luke chapter 9, verses 21 to 26. Denying self. Here's Matt. My uh, GP wants me to be healthier. He told me I should only eat underground vegetables, vegetables that grow underground. And I said, uh, I don't know, I have a bit of a sweet tooth. And he said, well, you've got a beetroot to yourself. Uh, excellent. Now that we've got that out of the way. Um, uh, but the, the thing is, you know, when you, uh, sometimes when you follow the masses, the M is silent. The point is, be true to yourself. Whoa, is that the real you? Okay, change of plan. Let's try it. No. So the th- this idea of being true to yourself is a very big one in our culture, and I've just left my book that I wanted to flash in front of you. Uh, since, since this is a big topic, it does feel a bit like covering it in 20 minutes is going to be a bit much to ask. So let me recommend this book to you. It's called Be True to Yourself by Matt Fuller. <clears throat> Matt Fuller, Be True to Yourself. What I like about this book, it does a great job of kind of untangling the different ideas that people mean when they say be true to yourself and then he systematically applies the gospel uh, to each of those ideas. So be true to yourself is one of those ideas that it's fantastic advice in the right context and it's terrible advice in the wrong context. So Matt just does a great job, Matt Fuller does a great job of untangling all of that I will try and do an okay job of doing that in just a few minutes now. So, uh, in a nutshell, uh, uh, we saw last week that uh, we're all self-deceived in sin. And what we're going to see in Jesus' teaching this week is that we are self-deceived about ourselves. So, therefore, to be all that we really can be, uh, to be... uh, reach the fullness of our potential, that is to be true to ourselves, we need to deny that wrong self, that self-deceived self, that uh, false idea of ourselves that we've got. So our our Bible passage today is uh, Luke chapter 9, verses 21 to 26. And I want to show you uh, this in three kind of ways or three angles. Firstly, denying self is following Jesus' example. Denying self is correcting self-deceptive pride. And thirdly, denying self is an ongoing necessity for personal growth. Okay, so firstly, denying self is following Jesus' example. Uh, Jesus describes what he's come to do in Luke chapter 9, verse 22. Jesus said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So having said what he's come to do, he then says, well, following him means living the same kind of way. Verse 23, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So two things to notice here. Firstly, Jesus does not expect following him 
to normally involve literally taking up a cross. Right? He describes the suffering he will go through very specifically. Right? It's literal. He's going to be literally crucified. But uh, then he describes the suffering his, of his followers in a very general way as denying themselves. And uh, if you weren't sure about that, when he talks about his followers taking up their cross, here it says daily, take up your cross daily. Uh, in a literal crucifixion, you take up your cross, then you get killed. It's not something you can do daily, right? So he means it figuratively. That doesn't mean that following Jesus can't include literal persecution to death. But he's talking about a more general category, denying yourself for the sake of something else. So what is the something else? Is it just some weird pleasure in pain? Is it seeing an intrinsic value in suffering? Is it saying you should hate yourself and want to punish yourself? No, not at all. It's denying self following Jesus' example. Well, why did Jesus deny himself and put up with being rejected and killed? Well, uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 42, as Luke tells us further in the story of Jesus, uh, the night before Jesus' execution in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. So why does Jesus deny himself and die? Because it is God the Father's will. Uh, that's why he said, uh, in verse 22, when he's describing coming to die, he says, the Son of Man must suffer because he knows it's God the Father's will. Well, why is it God the Father's will that Jesus, God the Son, who is one with him and yet who has eternally, he's eternally loved as a distinct person, why is it God the Father's will that Jesus should suffer? Is it because God is mean or random or uncaring? Well, not at all. It's to reconcile us arrogant sinners to himself. So in the very next chapter, as Luke tells the story of Jesus, chapter 10, verses 21 to 22, Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. This is what God is pleased to do. This is his will, to reveal himself to people through Jesus, to bring his children back into his family through Jesus. So Jesus denied himself and took up his cross and endured being tortured to death, literally, for the sake of God's will to bring us back to God. So when you believe that and you come to know God personally, you realize how awesome it is that Jesus did that and you want to follow his example, doing God's will, helping other people come to know God, whatever it takes. I recently went to see the film A Secret Life. I don't know if you've heard of it. It doesn't seem to be showing in many cinemas. But it's based on a true story of a family in Austria during World War II. The father is conscripted uh, into the army, but he refuses to say the oath of allegiance to Hitler. Uh, he's imprisoned for treason. His village, 
his peers, his religious leaders, the army officers, everyone is telling him, it's just words. It doesn't matter if you say it. You're not achieving anything by not saying it. There's enormous pressure on his family. The death penalty's hanging over him. They offer him restricted duties if he will just say the words. But he is true to himself. He stands up for what he believes in. He refuses to compromise what he believes is right, what he believes God would have him do. And just before the end of the war, he is executed. I found it incredibly inspiring. Why? Well, because what he was doing was very good and very challenging, very hard. If someone's doing something that's very good and everyone's doing it because it's easy, I mean, that's still something you want to go along with, but you wouldn't say it's inspiring. It's just life. We get inspired by things that are really good and also really hard, really challenging. So if you're inspired by Jesus, the only way to be true to yourself is to follow his example and deny yourself. So that's the first thing. Denying yourself is following Jesus' example. Denying self is also correcting self-deceptive arrogance. So in verses 24 to 26, Jesus gives three examples of how we can be self-deceived by sinful arrogance instead of denying ourselves and shows us that it's just It just doesn't make sense. It's a self-deception. It makes sense to deny ourselves. We've all sinned. Uh, In our arrogance, we've all turned away from God. And so because of our inflated but mistwisted wrong sense of ourselves, we're deceived about ourselves. Here are three examples Jesus gives. Verse 24, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. So there's a common uh, kind of sense we have that we need to preserve our lives. And Jesus says, that's not going to work. It doesn't matter what diet you follow. It doesn't matter what vitamins you take. It doesn't matter what exercises you do. It doesn't matter how much you invest in health insurance. It doesn't matter if you meditate or organize to have your corpse frozen or your consciousness uploaded to a computer. If you think you can keep yourself safe, one day you'll be proved wrong. One day, maybe not for a long time, but eventually you will let yourself down. If you give up on trusting yourself and trust Jesus, he will raise you from death. So Jesus is saying, don't back yourself on this, right? Trust me. To think that you can give yourself life securely is just self-deception. Verse 25, Jesus says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Same thing. People think if I get enough money or I get enough stuff, that will mean I'm good enough. But it doesn't work. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how much stuff you get. It doesn't matter how many promotions you win. It doesn't matter how many people you influence. If you're not connected to something bigger than yourself, if you don't use your time and money for something meaningful, you won't even know who you are, let alone care about your possessions or achievements. Verse 26, third example. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words 
the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. It's uh, very common for us to think that if other people respect me, then I must be respectable. You know, if I can just get other people to honor me, then, then I've got honor. That's what life's about. But Jesus says, when he comes back, well, there'll only be real honor. And you either have that acknowledged by God or you've been deluding yourself the whole time. A couple of the families that we're, two of the families that we're sending to Europe and South America respectively. So the fishers are here this morning and uh, just about to go off to uh, South America. Uh, we saw um, Aidan and Alfinda recently who are getting ready to go to Europe. And as they've shared with us about what they're doing, uh, do you remember they've both said, okay, the local people who we want to go and uh, help with following Jesus, in these cultures, uh, if you become a Christian and you follow Jesus properly, the local people will see you as betraying their culture, as betraying the local community. And so the temptation is to half follow Jesus instead of really following Jesus. And it's easy to see in another culture. <laughs> but isn't that the case in our culture as well? Of course, everybody thinks their culture is normal. So, you know, the things that our culture says are part of being a good person and part of being part of our society, we are inclined to think that they're good, normal things as part of being society, and we don't evaluate those as what does Jesus think of those things. And so the temptation for us is to half follow Jesus instead of really following Jesus. So there's three examples Jesus gives. We like to think we can look after ourselves and preserve our health, but we can't stop death. We like to think the lives we build make us somebody, but we can't make anything last. We like to think other people's respect proves that we're decent, but they're just playing the same game as us. So this raises two questions. Firstly, is self-deceit being true to yourself? No. We're all self-deceived, so none of us are being true to ourselves. That's why we need to deny ourselves in that sense. Secondly, if we can deny ourselves about ourselves, what else are we getting wrong? That's why, thirdly, denying self is an ongoing implication of following Jesus. Uh, deny yourself and take up your cross might sound like one-off events, right? So you could read Jesus saying, if anyone wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. You, you could read that as kind of three steps and keep going with the third one. Step one, deny yourself. Step two, take up your cross. Step three, follow Jesus. And obviously following someone is something that's got to keep happening for it to be following. But here Jesus through Luke makes it abundantly clear that denying ourselves and taking up the cross is an ongoing part of following Jesus. Because listen to it, verse 23. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Just to make sure you don't skip over that bit. It's deny self, take up cross daily, keep denying self, keep taking up that metaphorical cross as we go on following Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying. Following Jesus is going to require us to keep 
denying ourselves. It's worth noticing that following Jesus is the focus. Right? Life is not about self-denial. Life is about following Jesus. And so next week, we're going to spend some time concentrating on that and what that means and how that works. But continuing to follow Jesus and focus on following Jesus is going to require us to keep denying ourselves. It's the same as what we saw last week. right? Uh, we were looking at John 8, and we said, The biggest obstacle in life is my own sin, but Jesus frees us from sin's self-deceit. On one hand, as soon as we trust in Jesus, our status is changed. We're no longer slaves, we're children of God. But on the other hand, we need to keep learning what that means. We need to keep holding on to Jesus' teaching so that we know more of the truth and the truth keeps setting us free. Sin makes us walk around in the dark, but Jesus is night vision goggles. And so in the same way, uh, when we turn to Jesus for the first time, it involves denying ourselves to follow him. But as we keep following Jesus, it requires us to keep denying ourselves, keep trusting Jesus over ourselves. If you want to, if you want to get a, uh, a sense of the necessity of this, find someone who's head over heels in love. Right? And then try telling them they're giving up too much for the other person. They will look at you like you are from another planet. Right? They'll say, she's the love of my life. I would do anything for her. What are you saying about her? Like, it just, it's kind of bizarre and offensive to say that someone in love would not give themselves up for the person they love. And the more a relationship develops, the more you give up for the other person. But it doesn't feel like losing yourself. It feels like discovering yourself. Uh, there's a sense in which a romantic relationship requires giving up parts of yourself. But a romantic relationship can also grow you to be yourself in wonderful ways that you may never have imagined. And as the relationship keeps progressing, it keeps happening. At first, you give up pursuing other people. Then you give up making decisions by yourself. And then you give up disposable time. And it just keeps going. Of course, you can have all those experiences without romance. That's just how a close relationship works. But if that is frustrating, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> if you're doing it right, as the relationship grows, you're giving up yourself, but you're also growing in yourself in the relationship. You get clearer and clearer about what you really want, about what life is about, about how to enjoy and glorify God in the life he's given you. So, as we keep following Jesus, we keep growing in our relationship with God. And so we keep getting clearer about who we really are in Christ. And so we keep giving up our old, deceived self. In the first Star Wars movie, uh, there's a scene early in the movie where Luke sits down for a chat with Obi-Wan Kenobi for the first time. And uh, Obi-Wan tells Luke that his father was not a navigator, he was a Jedi. And he gives Luke his father's lightsaber and tells him about the Force. And then R2-D2 plays the message from Princess Leia, desperately asking for help. And Luke's eyes are huge. 
And then Obi-Wan leans over and says, you must learn the ways of the Force if you are to come with me to Alderaan. And Luke says, Alderaan? I'm not going to Alderaan. I've got to get home. It's late. I'm in for it as it is. I can't get involved. I've got work to do. It's not that I like the Empire, but there's nothing I can do about it right now. It's such a long way from here. Right? He is frustrated by his life, stuck on the farm. He dreams of getting away and having adventures. But when the opportunity comes, he can't give it up. It's who he is. And it's not until he loses that, that he starts to be free to be true to himself. We are all self-deceived by sin about ourselves. The life we live, even when we don't like it, is who we think we are. We can't be true to ourselves unless we deny ourselves daily. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for sending Jesus to save us from us. Father, please open the eyes of our minds and hearts to see the reality. Uh, help us to see the reality that you made us to be your children, to, to be wonderfully part of your family, caring for and enjoying the world with you forever. Father, please forgive us uh, for thinking that the frustrating life that we've got ourselves into is all we are. Help us to keep turning from that to trust Jesus. Amen.